0: Hello, and welcome to Every Horror Movie on Netflix, the podcast where we watch, discuss, review, and sometimes argue about every horror movie. On Netflix, I'm Elizabeth, and I'm here today with steven I'm Chris,
1: and I'm Patrick, flying turbo dog, Portobello, one man war on terror. Done.
0: Yeah, here we all are, and um, pretty
2: soon the show is just going to be you (laughs) listing your name tag, your nicknames, and then we're going to say, "Well, that's all the time we have for today." Would you view it, cue it, or screw it?
1: You have discovered my evil plan. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sparing us all from a lifetime of watching Netflix horror movies.
0: Mm. Well, um, we watched Anguish this week And I think that that movie may have brought up some feelings of Anguish in some of us Steve?
3: Uh, Well, I did text Patrick and said the movie should be called Langer and not Anguish Because I just felt completely (laughs) apathetic about it. it It wasn't... I don't know. It it didn't inspire like a sense of like f- like frustration or like anger in me or like ho- however you define the feeling of anguish. It just kind of floated along in its own comfortable pace. Some things I liked about it, some things I didn't, but didn't move the dial too much for me. I get the sense that the three of you felt more
1: strongly about it, though. I, well, liked I feel it a like we bit. should. Yeah. I feel like we should talk about it in a little bit before we get down to assessing it right off yeah, the bat. Yeah, well, does
0: someone want to uh, give a little give the listeners a little picture of the, <laughs> what, we, what we watched this week? A little well,
2: synopsis. Anguish is the story of a young girl. What's her name? Tess. Yep. Her name is Tess. And she and her mother have just moved into a new community. And Tess is troubled with a vague psychological...
3: Yes. emotional Smality.
2: disorder. Yeah, it's not really explained. The movie opens with a... Uh, well, what's the adjective? Uh, never, not, not, Jarring. We'll, we'll, we'll skip that. So the town they move into is actually the site of a terrible accident that claimed the life of another little girl Lucy. in a determinate amount of time in the past. And we get the sense that as the movie progresses, Tess... And her state of sort of emotional vulnerability has perhaps opened itself up to an influence from the ghost of this other dead girl, perhaps.
0: Yeah.
1: I feel like we shouldn't skip that opening because it's, like, one of the most striking things about the film. I mean, you literally—it opens with the death of this other girl, Lucy, except it starts the very mundane scene in the car where she's just talking to her mom about how she wants to go stay at her friend's house for the weekend. Oh, no, no, no,
3: no. no. She wants to go camping, right? She wants to go to a thing in the woods. Camping, yeah. And it's like, how— how many movies have we seen where there's a young girl who wants to go get fucked up in the woods? I feel yeah. like this is number I mean, four. I well, think that's, that's what
0: really happens in I life. Just, How I, many times did I argue with my parents? Mom, I want to go on a camping trip. Will boys be there? No, there's like six boys waiting in the back of the van outside my front <laughs> <Yeah>. door.
3: <laughs> I'm not. No, I'm not knocking the movie. I just think it's kind of fun to see, especially um, that we're, we're we're at the mercy of Netflix. We're just watching the movies they have to offer, and we've already seen that I think three or four times.
1: And uh, well, I mean, it's a, it's a basic horror trope, but also. this like pretty much throws that right out the window because you think it's setting up for another you know probably the girl's gonna go to the woods and some weird shit's gonna happen she's gonna
2: pick up a watch that she finds on the grass yeah yeah
1: exactly
0: (laughs) (laughs) which actually she might
1: well finish your point well she gets pissed at her mom she gets out of the car i forget why the cars even stop but she gets out of the car she
0: doesn't she says i'm walking home oh, right. kind of jumps out of the car doesn't get very far and gets blasted pasted. by a truck yeah absolutely tasted it happened
3: yeah. so quickly that like i it, it sounds like a cliche but like if you blink you will miss it i was totally shocked when she got hit by the car i had to, like i was rewind it.
0: it's very jarring
1: and it and it looks really real. I don't know exactly how they did it, but it's pretty. You see shocking. her body
0: like fly into there air. So you yeah. see it
1: just pasted across the front of the car, like because she's standing there. And that I don't, yeah. I don't know how they did it. So actually. it's very, uh, very especially because this is low budget.
2: Very, very uh, impactful.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and-
2: Oh, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we get this. Um,
3: it, it becomes clear quickly that, like, you know, this probably wasn't that long ago, but this is sort of a preamble to the rest of the film. This event happened sometime in the past, and, then we, you know, we fast forward to a young girl named Tess who has just moved to town with her mom. We already established that. Uh, her dad is in the military. He's not around a lot. She's depressed. She has this kind of, like, vague emotional disorder and is trying to adjust. And then we get a lot of... Um, you know, this movie seems to to posit that what depression looks like is a young girl skateboarding at Golden Hour listening to Fleet Foxes endlessly. Like, I feel like wow. there's, there's a lot of that going on for a while before anything else happens. But we, we spend some time getting to know the girl and her mom. We know, the mom is kind of, like, jealous that uh, Tess lights up when her dad Skypes her. You know, she plays his guitar. That's her big thing. And it drives the mom crazy. So the mom just kind of kind of pumps her with pills. That That's her way of parenting. She doesn't know how to deal with this girl. She has, she has some outbursts. She's not behaving, you know, appropriately. She's kind of a lot to handle.
0: Well, we do get the impression that Tess has had, like, troubles from a young age, and the mom is sort of at her wits' end. Yeah. Trying to, like, figure out how to care for her because she's depressed, she's anxious, whatever. And the mom is kind of, I guess, just trying to, like help her, but what's confusing to me is pretty much right off the bat, the girl, Tess, seems sort of strange, but then she visits the, like, she happens to wander past the site of the death of Lucy, the first teen girl, Mm -hmm. and gets, like, haunted by the, the ghost, sort of, like enters her or she whatever. She gets like pulled you yeah. know,
3: pulled toward the, the,
2: the site. Like multiple an invisible
1: times. force. Yeah. The,
2: the point I was going to mention before to Patrick was that the way the sort of, you know, haunting, if you want to call it that, escalates through the first half of this movie is very similar to what we've seen in these other movies where go, girls go into the woods and touch some shit. Like just just some kind of presence that's kind of like mm-hmm. holding her in weird ways and like things are happening in her house and she's the only one who can see them and and it it's very much in line with haunting at silver falls
3: and, uh, it is. I feel like was. there is a layer of psychological complexity to it that, while vague, I think does elevate it from that type of just sort of like straightforward teen ghost story. There's a lot going on here. Like, I think a lot of what happens for, you know, they don't, we know that she's depressed, but her mental disorder, whatever it is, is, is ill-defined in the film. And I think intentionally so. I think they're sort of playing with, like, using the sort of haunt, like, ghost possession thing as a metaphor for what it feels like to... To have that kind of inner psychological turmoil, hmm. that I I actually really appreciated that. Um, I don't
2: know if I was if I exactly understood what the end goal of that was, but well, let's not forget it, cool. it opens with a uh, allegedly or a supposedly topical title card about how many kids, oh my God, yes. how many kids mm. suffer Four from million. mental this or that, and, and while well, ha- doctors can uh, medicate. Eighty percent. There's another twenty percent that remains unsolvable, or something like that. What and I grew at that phrasing. too a little bit. It, and it wasn't so much the phrasing that bothered me, but anytime
3: I see that, I feel like okay, this is like thirteen cameras is the most recent example right. from our show. We're like that's like a classic exploitation tactic. Like we might as well have said based on true events. It doesn't go that. They far. do that.
2: No, they do that at the end.
0: Yeah, they do, and they show a picture. Oh, they of show right. a, of a picture real... of a
2: girl who supposedly is either dead or troubled or something. Oh, That's know. right. And do yeah, we know? Bizarre. Do
3: they offer any other information on no. who that girl is? No. There's no name, no. dates, anything. Nope. Wow. Okay. So not I forgot. It's a big, a, you know full disclosure. It's been a week since I've seen this movie.
1: Yeah, about the same. So well, but how do you feel like it's similar to *Hunting at Silver Falls*? Like in what? I mean, what do you mean?
2: Just I guess the vaguely creepy, not very scary, like. Semi ghost haunting occupation shit that happens in the first half of the movie, like after she visits the grave and then she's just kind of poking around her house and like seeing weird shit here and there. I don't know. I had just I kind had a low non spooky spooks and there's a, like a really there's some shitty jump scares in
3: this movie too. I mean one of them is when she does kind of happen by that grave site and like she gets. I think even before she gets sucked into it, like the color grade suddenly turns like sepia, and the camera jumps forward, and there's like a you know a shrieking note um, mm-hmm. on strings or something. I was like, oh come! I on. was
0: actually the jump scares in this movie were the best for me that we've had. I jumped multiple times, and towards the end of this movie, I was like a little bit exhausted because I had you just, were just like, jumping. So I much. had jumped so many times, <laughs> it's no, like true. Hmm. I had like there'd been there were so many things, and there's a scene early on where she goes out... So she wanders outside of her house at night a lot. I think she's just restless and a mm-hmm. troubled teen, whatever. And she looks back at her house and she sees, like, a bunch of hand, like, hands slamming against the windows of the front of her house. And I just was, it's just so many jumps. I was like, ah! And there's there is a lot. Uh, they I don't know. Somehow they managed to keep tricking me throughout this movie. and <laughs> Startling me. I, like I didn't really shot. register
1: any jump scares at all. I don't even feel like I know what you guys are talking about. There were,
3: there were a few, and, um, I I don't remember specifics, but I do just remember, like, having that, you know, that's something I, that's something that really bothers me in a lot of horror movies, when, like, something just kind of, like, jumps out at you, and it's not, like, there's no there's no build-up, it doesn't feel like it's paying off to anything, it's just sort of, like, trying to keep you awake. But there were some more subtle things, like the hands coming up on the window. I, I, didn't, I didn't register that as, like, a jump scare. I mean, it is kind of, like, a cliched image at this point, just sort of, like, the shadows on the window, but it did, it was shot well Well, it looked cool it it creeped Mm -hmm. me out and I wondered is she going to go in the house and what is she going to see because there's like one hand that lingers on the window before she goes in the front door I felt like that was really skillfully done.
2: Yeah, it was creepy and also it had some uh, you know, imagination to it. I don't think I've seen anything exactly like that before, which is more than I can say for some of the spooks in some of these other movies.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I will say that it seems sort of inconsistent in that part of the movie because she kind of looks out across the her backyard and sees a, a ghost that we never quite follow up on who that is or what it is exactly, and there's the scene with the hands on the window that you guys already mentioned and um, a scene where there's a she's walking along the side of the house you see her shadow and then another shadow that's not matched up to an actual human being is following along behind her and uh all those moments separately kind of struck me as creepy but they didn't seem to add up to a consistent like what's actually going on here However, at that point in the movie, I think she's kind of destabilizing further, like her psychological state is deteriorating more, and I felt comfortable just reading it as just a new level of her kind of starting to unravel now that this ghost has started to possess her.
0: And this is an interesting premise, to have someone who's already mentally unstable become haunted, because you don't know what, for much of the movie, you don't know what is, you know... Well, none of it's real, but you don't know what's just in her mind where she's hearing voices or distressed because she has a, a mental health issue and you don't... Or versus what's like a ghost haunting her or moving things or seeing things. And or she whatever. doesn't seem to know either. And she has no idea either. She's upset. She's not sure if it's just, like, her disease escalating or what's going on.
1: I think part of the implication is probably that the ghost, like, wanted to take possession of her because it was an unstable mind in the first place. She's
3: more vulnerable, right? And I think that's, uh, especially the actress who plays this girl, we should mention, you know, I can't speak much for her ability, just, like, her dramatic range as an actress. Like, she's not given a ton to do in this movie. She's fairly subdued for most of it, but she just has a... Just a, a one of those faces that, mm-hmm. that the camera loves. I mean, I, I joke to you, Patrick, that she—maybe two of our listeners will get this. But but if Courtney Barnett and Kurt Vile finally mate, it's exactly what their kid will look like. But she's <laughs> she's you know she's kind of tomboyish, but she just yeah. has these sort of dreamy eyes and this you know the long hair and the the wool cap pulled over her head and just is kind of. You know,
1: she in, is just in, a, a sympathetic presence. You felt kind of drawn in by her, even though it's a very the withdrawn thing, right? character. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a very withdrawn character. But she, you kind of are drawn towards her and sympathize with her naturally. I don't know. She's a really smart cast.
2: I don't I know if I was there. Yeah. She drew me in or if I sympathized with her that much. But um, this might be a good segue to talk about just kind of how technically the film's very well done. The acting is pretty consistent throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the best performances that we've seen so far on our journey to watch every horror movie on Netflix. Um, the cinematography was great and it, the movie takes a lot of time just kind of set in a mood Maybe too much time, but I'd say so. It really the early parts of the film. It feels like I want to say Juno, just because that's one of the like indie coming of age movies that you know made the mainstream. But it's just like her riding her skateboard through the town in the golden hour, and oh, there's the passing trains, and oh, she's gonna go to the bookstore and she's gonna look at a. And it's all I will say. This stuff is all beautiful,
3: and it did like it was so well shot that it just kind of it didn't even have anything to do with the story I just like I was like kind of taken back to what it was like when I was a depressed kid around that time I actually like I did watch the sun a fairly the first half of the sun a fairly weepy night but I did tear up a little bit just seeing some of that stuff it brought back a lot of a lot of memories so yeah like, it's, it's skillfully done if it can evoke those feelings without really forcing with with too much of a heavy hand.
1: Yeah, it felt like that just kind of hanging around a mostly empty town, the kind of like town Monroe. that we grew up in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, when you're kind of like down and you just sort of wander around and you know, like sit on the fucking like concrete wall and like look at the boring shit that there is to see. Juno though? Juno is like snappy comic. This does not remind me of Juno at all. I don't even know what you're talking about.
2: Like, it's I, It's been decades since I saw Juno. I just meant like... It rem- this movie reminded me of w- how I remember Juno and being a little bit of an offbeat, like, coming of
1: age.
0: Atmospheric.
2: Indie, atmospheric, we're going to... Maybe I'm using the wrong adjectives, but
3: okay. I think people... On the yeah. I, mean, no,
1: I, I, I wouldn't I, describe I, Juno as atmospheric I,
0: either.
3: I, I, no, I get what you mean. It does have a similar, at least as far as the cinematography goes, it does have a similar sort of vibe, just sort of like very sort of subdued looking. And, and, and you get it has like a kind of a melancholy feeling about it, despite yeah. the fact that it's a comedy. And no one's idea. in a
1: hurry. Yeah. I was I was very... I realized that that stuff was slow-paced, but I was, very, I felt very drawn in by it. It felt... And I'm not a big fan of Terrence Malick, but that would be the closest thing I'd compare it to is those long, like... You know, very, like, sun-dappled... It may aspire to be like Terrence Malick. Well, no, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, sure, knock off Terrence Malick or whatever, but that seemed kind of what it was going for, and I felt it succeeded to at least some degree.
3: Well, enough that it made me tear up a little bit, sure. I mean, with Terrence Malick, there's there's a lot more going on in each image symbolically than I think there is in this movie, but
2: aesthetically... It's pretty. I'm glad you guys were so drawn into it. I was drawn into it, too. I liked it. I was like, okay, this is nice. I'm not really in a hurry. Except it did overstay its welcome. And, oh yeah. you know, I was just ready for something to fucking happen in this movie. And it didn't for so long. Vaguely creepy things. These days looking at the pond. Mm-hmm. Great. But... There's a scene early on where she's, you know, coming under the influence of something, and she grabs a knife, and you think she's going to stab her mom yeah, to death yeah. in her sleep, and I was like, please, please stab your mom to death in her sleep, because then there's going to be, like, a problem that has to be solved in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: thought
0: the same That's thing. It's not the kind of movie
1: it is, though. It's a it's different the, kind of movie. It's a boring movie, I guess. It's, it's, it's a movie a where almost movie. nothing happens until the last third.
0: Well, I, think I mean, movie. not everything
1: has to be fucking ADD, like... Attent- uh, entertainment delivery system. Honestly, no, I of
0: all the movies that we've watched, more than anything, it reminded me of A Dark Song. Yeah. Because yeah. it just very slowly builds... You're not sure what's going on, but you know something's going on, and it like slowly builds up. I mean, and it's
1: an emotional story more than okay, a horror it's, story. And it's different.
0: Chris is giving me the most disgusted look. He's I, over just, I have
1: thoughts on this, but I want to hear it's Chris.
0: N- first. Not, I, I'm not saying it's like the dark a dark song. It's not as good. None of that. But No. It's I just thought the same thing. The, it is that kind. It's, it's trying, that trying to be that kind of, of movie. Thing. The yeah. problem
3: with this movie is there is. I mean, we haven't gotten to it, because I did th- I did think of a Dark Song many times, also because, like, I'm thinking in the context of the, the library of movies we've seen so far on Netflix, like, that's the closest reference right. point to this. But in this movie, I mean, a Dark Song is, yeah, there's some complexities, there's some mystery to it, and it is slow in points, but I think there's a there's a point to everything that is said and everything we're shown in this movie. It just did feel kind of meandering a lot of the times, where it's like, no, I don't need somebody to get stabbed every five minutes. I don't have ADD. Um, well, I mean, I I, I probably do, but I, I, I could enjoy a movie that, that is uh, slower paced, but it didn't feel like this was like very well thought out at times.
2: This movie... Look, I'm not a clock watcher. Like Even if I have to pause the movie, I will try not to look at the time remaining or anything in a movie, and so you know, sometimes you guys have complained about how you check time and there's still 40 minutes left and it made you crazy. This movie... I actually did stop the time and I was like I've only watched like 35 minutes of this movie it felt like two hours I'm so comforted to hear that because I am
3: when it comes to this I'm a clock watcher just because I have very little time to watch these movies and I like try and budget it so I have time to like pause and take notes or you know sometimes I'll I will get distracted by something and be like oh I want to like look up this actor and like figure out more about this and like kind of cram all the research and everything into like one two hour block It took me three days to watch this (laughs) I'm not even kidding. It's just like I would come home from work, watch a half hour, and be like, all right, I'm done. I'm going
2: to bed. I did not feel that at all. In that half hour, she's just like, she saw a couple trains. Maybe she went to the coffee shop. Went back to the lake. Well, the moment when things turned. Saw a shadow in the thing. Yeah, well...
1: But I've watched a lot of movies that have this pace. I guess I'm not surprised that maybe you didn't enjoy it as much Chris because I mean I've seen a lot of movies that have this pace or even a slower pace. I'm surprised that you didn't like kind of click I, onto its level though Steve because you and I have watched a lot of this kind of shit. And I love a lot of this
3: kind of shit. I mean the difference is that like those are just I I I will not I will not say this is a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination. There's a lot of promise here and a lot of things I really liked. But it's not, you know, I love Robert Altman and his movies average about two and a half hours Mm. and follow 24 characters, if not more at times. This movie, even though it was only an hour and 40 minutes, felt like it was trying to cram more into it than Nashville. Like if you just look at the any plot synopsis What's of this movie. Nashville.
0: It's a Criterion Collection movie that's D likes. <laughs> oh my god.
3: That's an insult to Nashville to call it a Criterion Collection movie. It is on the Criterion Collection. It's a Blu-ray DVD combo, one of the last they made. So I'm gonna pick it up for the next Barnes and Noble sale, fifty percent off.
2: Um, hey, if you want to buy your Criterion Collection, you gotta go to Barnes and Noble. <laughs> god, we need sponsors. No, I like I
3: like a lot of those Barnes and Noble movies hit us up. Days of Heaven, you know, Terry is a great... Even Thin Red Line, which I don't even fucking understand, is captivating just because it's clearly made by someone who's thought through every detail, and it's, you know, it's got actors I recognize. That can kind of help keep me go through something that I don't get. All right. This movie just felt kind of aimless. Well, when I we're talking...
2: Yeah. Aimless... Well, we're getting close to talking about my my highest praise and my strongest criticism of this movie. Oh, now, yeah. I don't think we have to go to the spoiler room to kind of talk about what the premise of this movie is. Um... Basically, she ends up possessed by the spirit of this dead girl, right? And fully possessed, and
0: because the dead girl is trying to communicate,
2: the dead girl is mm-hmm. trying to get back and like see her mom again yeah. and stuff like that. So you have the mother of the dead girl who's still kind of adjacent to the story throughout this slow kind of opening bit, right? And she then, runs a little bookshop, yeah. And then it's like a question. You have this this psychologically troubled girl whose own mom doesn't know how to reach her, and she gets overtaken with the personality of this dead girl who died in this horrible accident and has been grieving ever since. And that's a fascinating premise, and when they stuck to that premise, I thought the movie was fantastic. The problem is it doesn't get there until there's, like, what, 30 minutes left in the movie?
0: Less.
3: It does take a long time, and I don't feel like that time is earned. Where? I feel like the, the the writing is really it's it's not just that it's like unfocused it's that it's like unimaginative like she like the girl's like exploring the small town and she goes into the bookstore and they have a conversation for like two minutes about like yeah people don't like books anymore like it's like
1: no the point of that they chit chat the, for a second that's not the point of that they scene but for a second and then she says something that the mom used to say yes. to the dead girl that's the point of the scene it's Is the that, point of, the scene, one but of I'm your saying hints the... of what's starting to happen with the possession
3: I gotcha. but there's a lot of like like filler stuff that doesn't really like. Build character or make me any more interested in these people. Like that's maybe a bad example because it is such a short thing. But there's just like a lot of long stretches where like there's just kind of sort of generic conversations happening, and it takes a while. And
1: then finally we get that little nugget of information. Yeah, but I disagree because we haven't found out what that mom is like now. I mean, she's kind of a bitter bitch to the girl in the store. Like we haven't seen the mom again since the opening scene where Lucy gets killed. And it...
2: no, you see her several times.
1: You do? Yeah, you see her in the church early on. Oh, right. You're um, right. You're and right. you can tell that she's yeah.
2: grieving. And then you they cut her way. To her a couple times where she um, still calls her daughter's voicemail oh you're right yeah, yeah, yeah. And stuff okay like that.
1: well fuck me but still it does <laughs> fuck you patrick but it still does establish <laughs> the relationship between those two and better establish the mom's sort of general bitterness towards well the look
2: I, my point remains that i didn't have a problem with the bookstore scene or anything but like it just takes so long to get to this premise and then it spends a lot of time with her like outside poking around the pole bar and looking at shadows and stuff that, like, just, I didn't care. It was too similar to these other generic, like, haunting movies we've seen, where she's like, oh, something vaguely spooky happening. And then you finally get down to the good stuff. I'm like, yes, this is a fascinating problem. Your girl is possessed by someone else's dead daughter, and how are you going to hash this out?
1: And you think that happens in the last 30 minutes?
0: It happens in the last... It happens... Yeah, definitely.
1: That is not true. 30 to 40. She gets possessed within the first 30 minutes, and then it slowly develops. I mean, shit... Amps up in the last 30 she minutes. She doesn't become
0: fully possessed. It's not clear that she's possessed by the dead girl's spirit until...
1: Right. It slowly builds.
2: Yeah, but it didn't It didn't build like a dark song. It was like, here's something, here's something.
0: I think the biggest issue is that the pieces don't, like someone said before, they don't all connect, you know, it, because you're still confused... It would be better if you knew that she was possessed by the dead girl spirit and that was ramping up to me i was still confused if that was the case or not because there's all these as chris says vaguely spooky things that don't connect like hands on the window shadow following her dead or you know image of a person standing don't connect, in the yard actually. okay so you know that's the most confusing part because it does, it's not doesn't seem to be all coming together very well
3: yeah that that is that is kind of a problem so like i think it's it should be obvious that she's possessed by the, this girl at the yeah. beginning but then you kind of get thrown because it's like well then why are there so many hands right. on this window like i had this many ghosts haunting her like is there more than one i don't know what's happening and it does feel like a sort of they're just kind of throwing everything at the wall like this is we should mention the directorial debut of a guy who had produced some pretty high yeah. Profile horror movies, including The Strangers, which didn't do a lot for me, but it's, people uh, love it. It's kind of a cult movie. The Strangers, now. it's it's a big deal now. It's like coming on on Screen Factory and stuff. Can't um, wait. So I feel like this was him. Like he wanted to try a lot of different setups and different types of scares, and maybe that's why it has that disconnected feel for a while. And I even felt like when it finally became a full blown possession movie, I somehow I didn't see that coming and I was like, oh my god, this oh, is wow. like another movie entirely now. Like, it it seems obvious, but I didn't expect there to be a fucking priest and like to have the whole like exorcist mm-hmm. thing going on.
2: Well... Yeah, my problem is for the beginning of this movie. For most of this movie, there's like no conflict. There's nothing that I care about. There's this girl who I guess you guys really sympathized with, but I thought she was so flat. She was almost like the guy from Amnesiac, just kind of walking around playing one note. No, she. I didn't think she had a. (laughs) I didn't think she had a discernible personality. She did. I don't think she did
3: either. I just thought I found her like physically. I mean, attractive is the wrong word because that makes it sound like I think she's like hot or something. She just has like a look um, that is, um, really distinctive, and really, really kind of alluring and like somehow sympathetic. There's something about the eyes, the way she looks at the camera, but. Yeah, was I fully invested in her as a character? Hell no. Yeah, there's no. I don't know anything about her. her. She and plays her dad's guitar. That's it. And she skateboards.
2: So as she's getting possessed, I'm like, great, because whoever she's being possessed by is a little more interesting. And especially when it turns out to be what's her name, Lucy. Lucy, because we already know Lucy a lot better than we know Tess by the time that shoe drops, because they show her in flashback like once, and she says more in that flashback than Tess says in the rest of the fucking movie. So I was like, yes, I'll trade Lucy for Tess. Or I'll trade chess, chess for Lucy. Give me some Lucy possession. Where we go from here? But that
0: doesn't happen until so late. I was just so bored. I was so bored. The the one thing I kept thinking about during this movie, and I actually there's many parts of this movie that I did like, but the one thing that I kept thinking about is that it's it really bothered me because I thought it was sort of an insult to like. People who are actually struggling with like bipolar disorder yeah. or mental health totally issues. Totally. And that yeah. was really bothering me. I mean, they have this t- thing at the beginning you know, four million teens suffer from undiagnosed mental health disorders, you know, and basically the movie's like, Yep, they're probably possessed by a dead girl. Like <laughs> no, some that's some people's real life. It
3: trivializes it. It trivializes yeah. it. It really
0: does. And that pissed me off for the whole movie how? and they never I'm so glad to me, I'm, to I'm so glad to hear this because I
3: wanted to bring this up because I mean you all know like I'm I'm going through a very tough time and I've dealt with depression most of my life and it's been worse than ever lately. And one thing this movie kind of, like, triggered a little bit of that for me, and I thought, like, maybe it would be life-affirming somehow, but something about it made me feel like it does kind of trivialize depression. Because it does, like, explain it away with ghosts for this girl. Right. No.
1: No, she's depressed. Her depression has nothing to do with the ghost. She's depressed before the ghost.
3: She's depressed before the ghost, but I feel like it's it's sort of, like, hinted at that, like,
2: She's with the title always card. been if 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 through nothing else but the title card I think it's trying to connect the idea of mental illness to the fact that ghosts are in our world and maybe those unexplained mental teens it's are
3: under possessed. possession. Right. There was something weird. I guess like maybe trivialize isn't the best way to the best word to use but like there was something about the fact that like suddenly she's okay at the end after like her struggle is not dealing with herself and her own issues she overcomes her mental disorder whatever however briefly we don't know by vanquishing the spirit of another girl who had similar problems who inhabited her and took advantage well, of her. Well, that's
2: not what happens.
3: That's not what well, happens. let's we'll talk about we'll that, that in about I guess so. Again, it's been a week.
0: But it does, I guess what bothered me is it does imply that all of her problems are caused by this possession well, of a ghost.
2: Petra's right that they also don't because she's fucked up before she meets the ghost. Sort of,
0: but not really because she meets the ghost so quickly. The only thing we know about her before she meets the ghost is that she's quiet and like likes to be alone. We have no indication that she has hallucinations, bipolar disorder. I think she's then...
2: taken pills before she meets the go. She is. yeah, And she's yeah. skating
1: around. I mean, you guys have been complaining about how long it takes to get to the possession. I mean, which is it? I don't know what case y'all are arguing here. Yeah, but here.
0: skating around and liking to be alone is not an indicator of anguish and mental health <laughs> no, issues. She... But her,
1: her melancholy comes across so clearly in those scenes. It
3: is. I mean, there's this... I mean. <laughs> it does seem kind of silly but I mean because I, I guess because I recognize it I knew what was going on I mean just scenes where she's like trying to get away from her mom and like sit down alone and like popping her headphones to look at the sunset like I immediately got the sense of like oh yeah she's she's not just a loner but there's something else going on and then the mom is like telling her to take her medication and stuff yeah
2: I read her as mentally ill right off the bat now again that could be with the help of the title card that says hey there's someone mentally ill in this film and it might have something to do with a ghost <laughs>
1: A ghost. Well, the title card
3: doesn't tell us
2: that. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, though, and the the anguish I think in the title I think refers to the grieving mother, yes. the dead girl. Absolutely. Um, well, I, and I guess it could also apply to Tess. Tess's mother and as Tessa's well. Tess's mother. Tess's mother is very anguished because she doesn't know how to handle this. Disorder. I think to
1: any of them. I don't think it necessarily applies to one in particular. But I mean, actually, that I mean, this is a totally different tangent. But I, I also really like actually the performances of all the leads. I like the perf- the performances of the two moms, mm-hmm. and I also like that this was a film. You know, talk about Bechdel to us. Like, this was a film about women, and, you know, there was nothing about guys. You know, there was no. nothing about fucking sex. It was, you know, it's it's unusual, I guess. Yeah, I, even I don't want to call had- that admirable, because it shouldn't be, like, something that we have to admire. But it still was at least unique, and I appreciated that. Yeah, and
3: it wasn't something I, I thought of, so I didn't feel like they are making a special effort.
1: Right. I mean,
3: like, I did appreciate that even the stuff with the dad is not about his, you know, clearly, like, the... Tess's mom is upset that he's not around, but she's more concerned about what that means for her daughter, mm-hmm. too. So
1: it, it just felt like a very unconventional subject matter and a very unconventional way to handle all this to me, and I appreciated that.
0: Well, I don't want to harp on this topic, but can I just say one more thing about the why, why it bothered me? Is because yeah. I think that some people with mental health issues feel the way that Tess feels and they're not possessed by a ghost like they're they have those experiences of hearing voices and hallucinations and not knowing what to do and trying to calm themselves for sure and being freaking out and you know the ghost is not the answer that's their real well, life they even
2: diagnose her at one point with did right because she's you know seeing ghosts and shit
0: right and that's for many people that is that's that happens to them and you know it's not that they're being possessed by a dead person that's their life so i just think that writing you know writing it off to a certain extent is like oh well she was possessed by a ghost is a little bit you know just drop the title card really is the only thing they should have done
1: yeah the title card should have gone i mean i i actually forgot about it entirely as i tend to forget about those dumbass title cards
2: if it weren't for the title card i think we'd have a lot less problem with the politics yeah of the movie I mean it's not the most offensive thing in the world no you know? I think probably hashtag horror probably had a more offensive way of dealing with mental illness and girls yeah <laughs> but,
1: um, I mean the title card was it was so vague it was just weird I was like what do, what the hell does that even mean when I read it the first time and then I forgot about it entirely because basically the rest of the film was like 150 250 percent better than that title card I don't even know why
2: yeah, the telecard. Telecard sets you up for a shit movie, and then it yeah. turns out to be not that shit.
1: Yeah.
2: Well,
0: should we review it? I think we should. All right, uh, Patrick.
1: View it. Loved it. Chris. I mean, I, no. I mean, I'm going to add more to that. <laughs> I, 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 I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was a really unconventional. It had the uh, uh, pace of sort of, you know, I hate to use the very generic term indie movie, but it felt like a totally different kind of movie than anything else we've watched. And a really interesting take on the possession genre. We'll get into that a little more in the spoiler room, because I don't think we want to get too much into the details of how this whole possession thing plays out. But to me, it's a really beautiful and unique and innovative take on that. There are some flaws for sure, but um, I really enjoyed it. Just, you know, know what you're getting into. Obviously, it's not fucking... A scare a minute. It's not necessarily high energy. It's very meditative. Are we throwing some shade over there? We don't talk over (laughs) men on this podcast. (laughs) Uh, Chris, what did you think?
2: Well, I don't need to scare a minute, but I, w- I do need something that's paced a little bit better than this. I already s- I articulated my feelings on that. I'm going to give it a cue it um, because, in spite of the dreadful pacing and some dreadful things, I thought that there was enough to like in this movie. But that said, you know, if it's in your queue and you put it on late at night because you have nothing else to watch, you will fall asleep before it gets the good part. Oh yeah, guaranteed. Because it's just there's not enough for me and probably for you there's not enough meat in the first half of this movie to keep you awake on a on a late night after that movie gets much better so i'm looking forward to talking about it more in the spoiler room steven, <laughs> steven.
3: you know if i'm going to give something a screw it i'd like to recommend a better movie that f- is in the same category and i don't think i've seen anything exactly like this like i i recognize chris's frustration to find a comparison in juno so I will give it a cue. It and it was in my cue actually. I I discovered before we watched it. It was already in my cue because Bloody Disgusting, a horror website that I highly recommend, that I really admire, gave it a great review. And I read the review again after seeing the film and thought, you know what? I get it. This movie is for some people. It's not for me. I felt like it was trying to be an art film and it didn't quite get there. Right. So cue it. You, you might enjoy it. I, there are things that even I enjoyed about it, even though it, it bored me. It shows a lot of promise. I do think it was it was beautifully shot. It was well directed. The performances, while none of them really stood out, they were all fine, which says a lot compared to the other films that we've seen on the show so far. Like Everyone was competent. I thought, every barely, I thought they were great. Great, really. I thought they were suitable for what the movie is, so I didn't okay. feel like anything was uh, out of line in this film. It is a complete vision. It is what it is. I didn't like it, but you might.
1: Also, I'm an idiot when I said indie film before. I was art film. I think was a little more what I was going for there. Indie <laughs> film is, I mean, art film is a genre. I mean, term American Poltergeist well, is an indie film. Yeah, they're they're all indie <laughs> films. So, yeah, art film, I think, was more what I was kind
0: of. And going I don't for. think it's
3: trying to be art film. It's trying to be like a little bit artsier than the average horror movie. But whatever. Yeah. Cue it. Elizabeth, did you already give your
1: review?
0: I didn't. You know, my review isn't that different from Steve's. I would say cue it. I didn't personally like this movie, but I recognize that it is not a bad movie. I personally struggle with movies where there's things that are left unexplained that you have to be like, well, that was a minor plot point. We can just let that go. And to me, there's a lot of that at the ending of this movie. I prefer things that are at least... I I think it's lazy to leave things unexplained. Um... So, there's a bit of that. I don't like the actress actor who plays Tess. She, I thought, was flat. I agree with whoever said that she was kind of like the guy and Amnesiac. That was me. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. You know, but... It's an interesting premise, a lot of jump scares, it creeped me out, I still imagine the hands at the windows, and I bet that if you like horror movies, you would probably like this more than me, and you might want to think about watching it. Cue it. Yeah, you'll get a
2: spook out of it for sure, whoever you are, somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere along the line.
0: You will. All right, everybody, well, uh, if you would like to hear about the rest of the movie, you can stay with us and join us when we enter the spoiler room. We'll be back after this short break.
2: Welcome back to Every Horror Movie on Netflix, and now we're in the spoiler room, so leaving behind all those little bastards who don't want to hear how this movie ends. It's just you and us <laughs> and the privileged information we're about to share.
1: We're about to debrief you. we got the alien out on the couch.
2: We got the alien on the couch. <laughs> oh, that's a dank reference to an inside joke we probably don't have time to
1: get into. <laughs> <laughs> you should probably just cut that. But
0: well, I always think that's hilarious. Uh, look, some of us... By this point in the movie, are bored. Others are still riveted. Some of us think it's an indie film. Some of us think it's an art film. Some of us think it's an action movie. Some think
1: there are jump scares. Some don't.
0: Exactly. But, regardless, we can all agree on the true climax occurs when Tess and uh, her mom have are driving down the road and Tess is as it's been rough for her at this point she's been in and out of the hospital she's seeing things she's hearing things she's fully possessed
2: she's pretty damn close to fully possessed if not fully possessed she's already had the meeting with the priest and was like oh by the way mr. priest your dead brother says he's fine yeah and it's not your fault for yeah. killing him when he was nine. Yeah. Terrifying moment, by the way. Did anyone else get the spooks there? Was it just. Mm. That was creepy. No. Mm-hmm. Very creepy. Oh, hair, back of my neck. Rised. Rised. Fully. <laughs>
1: risen? Fully extended. <laughs> Rose, risen. <laughs>
0: uh, Yeah, so she. And I think the viewers are getting the impression, too, that she's she's possessed by, by Lucy. But I think we're supposed to think that she's possessed
2: 100% by Lucy at this point, but I thought that she was possessed. Not entirely by Lucy. I mm-hmm. thought there was some other shit going on there, and it reminded me to, to drop a dank reference. It reminded me of Ouija: Origin of Evil, and it <laughs> reminded me of Insidious Chapter Three, both of which have the motif of like grief, and that when you talk to one of the dead, they all can hear you.
0: Mm. Um,
2: I definitely had the sense that there were other. I mean, the the Wikipedia
3: article totally confused me. If you read the description of this movie, like it's wrong. Like I, I don't think you should edit it, that, dude. Is that the, we should? What's fucking right now? So, get together and do that. But I, I did get the sense that there were like her mind, because it is open to the spirit world, there's other stuff kind of sinking yeah, in. Yeah, it's like, true. Yeah, mm.
0: yeah, yeah. Tessa, so she's fully fucking possessed, and she and her mom are driving somewhere, and she jumps out of the car, much like Lucy. Lucy's
2: number one M.O., Yeah, just jump out of the car, because it worked so well the first time.
0: <laughs> well, you think... First of all, you question: She died doing this, hasn't she learned? Yeah. Second of all, you think perhaps Tess is not going to get hit by a car, but no, she jumps out of the car, rolls in the ground, sprints to the home where Lucy lived, bangs on the door. Lucy's mom opens the door, and she falls into her arms. Commence both of the mothers trying to f- sort of do- extract I- Lucy from Tess, and that's
2: when the premise really kind of is fully realized where Tess has now basically become Lucy and now she's in a, let's say a love triangle between Tess's mom and Lucy's mom. Mm -hmm. And we know how much they have both been grieving and how much they both care about their daughters, but you know, Lucy and Tess, one of them got to go.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. And there's this fascinating interplay where, um, I think, is it Lucy asks, Lucy through Tess asks, Tess's mom to like let her have Tess for one more night. Yes. Is that what happens? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, what's a little confusing to me is we sort of figured this out because Lucy's mom shares with Tessa's mom a uh, story about when she was in India as a young woman and saw an Indian oh, right. woman who could speak to the dead. Kind of not
2: an important thing.
0: It was important and... to me. It is important though, dude, for the ending. He, sort of yeah
2: there was a girl in India who was being used as a medium because she could somehow be inhabited by, by the multiple dad. dead spirits and they right. would come and go and there, her eyes would change color and she would talk to the family members of the dead conspicuously absent from that flashback scene in India Jay <laughs> 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 but we know he was there
0: um, so that's <laughs> interesting <laughs> it, And and there's actually a scene in the movie of this Indian woman speaking to various families, dead people speaking to her. I was was
2: hoping it would be a 10-minute song and dance. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It felt
1: very superfluous to me. I mean, basically it exists to set up the concept of eyes changing color based on the spirit of whoever is... possessing you your your eyes change to their color but i feel like that could have been established in a way other than something as stupid as the story about
2: india and just kind of the idea that the the person can host a revolving door of of dead people people. because one of the
0: concerns comes up that if lucy leaves tess's body a different spirit could come inhabit it
2: which happens because we're in the spoiler room it happens and it's also a terrifying moment yeah where you know Lucy is like, okay, I'm done in this world. Yeah. I'm gonna go back, and then she Tess comes back and like, hey, are you Lucy? Are you Tess? And, and she's, the, like, she's like, no, nope. 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 go fish, and yeah. then all hell breaks loose. <laughs> yeah, which is fucked up. Which, like, although what? really, all hell doesn't really break. Liz. Yeah, what are you talking about? She basically runs into the basement
0: and and, h- and hides. I think
2: yeah. she, yeah. she might attack one of the mobs. I think mildly. she well, she attacks
0: both of the mobs. Yeah, mildly though, not like a demon in your house. Well, not mildly, dude. She's like whacking them with. Dressers and stuff. Yeah, I guess. I would say purgatory breaks loose at minimum.
1: Okay, I guess. Okay, so I mean, well, basically, this movie does feel like purgatory breaks <laughs> loose. <laughs> so basically, what we're learning from this is Wikipedia was right. You and I, I think, fucked up. I think they're I right. I was going to say, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Honestly, I, just, I like, did not. I've never seen the... a
3: movie where I suddenly started caring in the last thirty minutes. If I don't care up until then, you're not going to suddenly involve me. I've spent so much time with these characters, so I.
1: I'm just going to. Did sit you watch back and the listen. last 30 minutes, dude? Yeah,
2: I did. I watched the whole movie, and I'm just going to sit back and listen. Are you saying that you did or you didn't care in the end?
0: He didn't care because he didn't care. care in the beginning. I didn't care. Okay. I tried. Well,
1: I gave it an honest effort, but I was like, I have nothing to connect to here. But more importantly, the point I'm making is that he and I did not perceive the fact that a spirit other than Lucy entered Tess, and we were both really confused, because yeah. we both went back to read the Wikipedia. We, Steve and I have terrible memories for you guys. You guys know this, but the viewers don't, probably. Steve and Cheers. I have terrible memories. Cheers. <laughs> and uh, we watched this like a week ago, so we both went back and read the Wikipedia summary. To refresh. Because, yeah, yeah it kind of just brings it all back, at least for me. And we both were like, what the fuck were they talking about, other spirits entering Tess? And I think it's something that's... I don't think it's something that's really harped on. I'm not arguing with you guys. I believe you guys that that is telegraphed in the movie and it is communicated in the movie. But I don't think it's something that's really, like... Well, it's insignificant. driven home.
2: It's insignificant. No? Because there's this one moment where she is inhabited... Oh, you mean before... Doesn't it make
1: the ending make more sense,
2: though? Are you talking about other spirits entering tests before they get to the mom's house? Or are you talking about after?
1: The basement thing that you were just talking okay, about. Okay,
2: the basement thing is, a, is a in it's insignificant it's clear that something that's not Tess and not what's the other girl's name Lucy Lucy. Um, it's clear that there's a third spirit that inhabits that's uninvited that is like malicious and
0: that's clear because when it's either Tess or Lucy one of the two moms can calm them because they're there and then they directly ask are you Tess she shakes her head are you Lucy? She shakes her head. Then she's like, bah! "And yeah. starts attacking her to the basement." But I
2: don't blame you for not picking it up because really, once it happens, they go into the basement and they're like, "Oh God!" Blah 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 blah, and they like grab her or some shit. Like it's it's done. It's not
0: really that important. It's,
2: it's not important. Like Lucy comes back and then they put her down, and then Tess comes back, whatever. Hmm. But then ultimately, and this is. What Steve got wrong about the end of the movie? Ultimately, you think Tess has come back and it's great, but the 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 gritty twist ending right. is that it's actually Lucy. Well, but it's not which a is how is that? I, well, how how am I, I, I am supposed maybe? to know that? It's, is it the eyes not, changing
0: color? The eyes change color. But it's. I mean, you're supposed to know
2: that because she I don't goes remember to, whose eyes are which color. To, I don't. She care. goes to fucking open mic night at the yeah. coffee shop or whatever, and she takes out her guitar and, she's and you're like, "Okay, that's cool. Tess loves the guitar." But she sings the song that Linda or Lucy. Lucy. Lucinda was her name. You, she sings. Like, song what the that,
1: fuck? How can you not remember Lucy's name? All cast.
2: She sings the song that Lucy was making up on the swing set in that one conspicuous flashback scene that really doesn't tell us which anything. Which is about. a little exactly. Bit which like, is like, okay. why would I have been paying attention to
3: that and thinking it would pay off later? Like most of this movie is just sort of. Yeah. I mean, right. Like I said earlier in the like languorous is the best way to describe the pacing of this movie. It just feels like I'm being shown things for no particular reason and. I I had no idea that it was going to pay off in that way. Well, the
0: issue is that that raises more questions than answers because you think that the problem has been solved to a certain extent because they have a reasonable... Like, Lucy's not a psych... Like, the spirit of Lucy is not psycho. No. She just wanted to communicate with her mom and say, like, I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm okay. You know? So it's kind of like, well, why won't why won't you leave Tess? Like it's why? Just are a, you back? It's
2: just a dark twist horror ending yeah. for the sake of having the dark right. twist it horror It
1: really ending. isn't though. That ending is shot and staged so completely differently from any other horror twist ending. It's very slow. A guy comes up to Tess and asks her, I, I think what's your name? Something like that. She doesn't answer and there's it's a neat little intercutting a montage of her playing guitar, her interaction with this guy in a coffee shop, mm-hmm. the close up on her eye changing. It's it's really unique. And you know what? I would even refute the whole argument about the uh, belittling a mental illness by saying she comes through this and at the end it's still present this problem that she has is still present but she appears to be living with it and functioning with it at the end at the
2: end tesma is dead tess is in the further at the end of the movie lucy, that's not true lucy is inhabiting tess's body at the end of the she, movie.
1: She, she's sharing the body she's still there she's oh they're sharing why do you think i mean what why what causes you to think that tess is
3: gone i felt like the information that you just gave me which i did not read into it is if we're looking at this as like Patrick you like this movie and you said it felt like a Terrence Malick movie like at least visually and felt like kind of artful If 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 that really is the twist ending if that's how it ends that like there's any part of Lucy in Tess at all? That feels really cheap to me. Like what I want to see at the end of this movie that has this kind of pacing, this much attention to character is Tess being okay at the end. I want to see some relief. I don't want to see a cheap little like EC Comics kicker in the final 30 seconds. That of wasn't it. how it no. read
1: to me at all though. No. At all. It it did feel like there was relief. I mean she's at she's she's out in public, she's interacting with people, she's at an open mic or whatever. Like you didn't see that behavior before. But, and it's not easy kind, it's not like there's a little gotcha kind of stinger music. I don't know why you guys are all treating this as a twist ending. To me it was this subtle little
0: Like this wink is something she'll right always have end. to deal with. Yeah,
1: it's just a subtle little moment at the end. It's not like a like at the end of Ouija where someone's crawling <laughs> on the ceiling towards well, you're you. Hanging, <laughs> you. You're all hanging on this, this is gonna get ugly.
2: You're you're hanging on this hope that Lucy and Tess are, are cohabitating this body. When really we're not given any information that suggests that there can be more than one spirit in the body at the same time. Really, uh, once it's f- once she's full blown possessed.
1: Sure, we have. It's alternating between Tess and Lucy all movie. They've been sort of fighting for that body all movie. So you think they just po- like it- they just keep fighting? Then there's no resolution.
0: I will say, like, no. It's seen it
1: seemed like there was a state of peace. There was a state of. Oh, calm I did at not- the not. My of the movie. reaction at the
0: end of the movie was <gasps> like, oh no.
1: No, nah. oh, I, I just kind of smiled. Well, I smiled. And this nodded. might be that this might be the fault the of, of the just tone deaf directing
3: because I feel like like the information that you're telling me that I'm supposed to perceive it in this movie would normally be read as like, oh my god, she's still in her mind. Like, she's well, still the other unhappy. problem is
2: Lucy isn't fucking scary because we like Lucy and we actually like Lucy more than she. We like Tess, or at least I did.
1: Lucy's not supposed to be scary. That's the whole problem. I don't know why anyone thinks Lucy's supposed to be scary. This is not really a horror movie it's Whoa. about if you i, I read a couple of interviews <laughs> with the i read a couple of interviews with the director and he said that he wanted to do something with the possession movie concept that was more emotional and dealt more with like what you know what happens when there's someone inside your head and what how that affects the people around you how that affects you it's not like a kind of fucking you know conjuring insidious All whatever right. the fuck then fine then- sure
3: fine I think it's a shitty ending either way the way I the way I perceived it and the way that you're telling me I should have perceived it is, is I'm not-, not telling you
1: you should have perceived in any particular way I'm just saying it hit me very instinctually I like there was really no question to me sure I don't I mean however you perceive it is how you perceive it I and I actually I I would count that as another um, plus for it that we have this variety of interpretations on it. You know, that it's not that cut and dry, that it invites discussion and interpretation, I think is a great thing because there are a lot of movies where it was pretty fucking cut and dried and it was fucking stupid that we've watched so far. And I think it's interesting that we watch something that, is that ambiguous and provokes this level of uh thought and discussion
3: uh, but is the ambiguity intentional is what i'm wondering i mean i need mm-hmm. to read more about this movie because if, if i
1: like, i think so I, I like i said i read a few interviews with the director because the because the movie really interested me and he seems like a, a thoughtful and an interesting guy or is he what? a
3: tommy wiseau that when the movie gets you know a, a bad initial press screening suddenly turns around and says i meant to do that
1: it didn't really get that bad. I'm, I'm not, just
2: kidding. <laughs> I'm not a, <laughs> like a huge so fan seriously. of ambiguity, intentional or not. Like I can think of very few examples of movies that end ambiguously, and I think it's not somewhat cheap. Well, okay, know, if
3: the reading, i Patrick phrases very eloquently with that. that if the if the reading is that a a f- kind of peace has been reached between the two personalities of Tess and the ghost of Lucy, then like. Okay, I get it. Like, that's cool. I don't know what that means as far as, like, the the depression angle, which, again, may have been tacked on by a producer or something. Who knows? But, like, I, I, I can appreciate that kind of ending. I just didn't read it that way, and I guess I have to see it again to see if I can understand reading it that way.
1: I disagree strongly with this whole... I mean, Elizabeth said before that ambiguous endings are lazy, and you just described
0: them I as did not cheap.
2: I just changed my mind. I just changed my mind because I love Shutter Island, and I love the ending of Shutter Island.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, I, that's, a, that's, a, that's a field of weeds that we don't need to get into tonight, I guess. But, um, you know, this is another case. And actually, at this point, I, I feel like we should just find some way to invite every director of every movie that we review on the show eventually like one out of 20 will get one i would love to talk to any of these directors i'd love to i'd love to talk to the director of this movie and like talk to him about his intentions and where he was coming from we should bring
0: tess and lucy on the show
2: (laughs) ask them which one's which
0: yeah
1: (laughs) but yeah
2: you know and i would actually like to talk it might be easier to get this director on the show because we haven't just raked him over the coals for an hour
1: and he seems like a chill guy He's given a lot of interviews. Sure. He seems like a chill guy. Yeah, hey, you know, I thought he had talent. You know one thing I will throw in here that I didn't throw in before the spoiler room that did bother me about this whole thing is I liked, uh, I forget the actress's name that plays Tess. We've talked a lot about that a lot. One thing that I thought was off was that she didn't modulate the performance at all when Lucy is inside her. I was kind of waiting for her to like show some elements of Lucy's personality, but she was. it was still kind of the same thing. That was one thing I was waiting for from her that I didn't really get at all. Yeah. That's oh, she was probably yeah.
0: doped up on morphine.
2: Yeah, she was probably on morphine.
0: <laughs> yeah, the
1: Wes Bentley defense. The amnesiac <laughs> defense.
0: Well, you know, this is just one more reason why you yourself should watch Anguish and see see what you think. Weigh in. Tweet us about it. Please troll us.
3: We, we could might totally troll you back.
0: back. You just I'll troll happen. you back. I
2: can't speak for the rest of these guys. Yeah, but, you know, I, I, leave I, leave I it have to a Christian.
0: question. And I know you guys think these questions are stupid, but I enjoy them. My question for the group is, if you had to be inhabited by a dead person's spirit, whose spirit would you pick? Anyone? I, I don't have an answer for that.
2: That's a good what? question. First, a question. Do, do I get my body back? Or is this permanent? Like, I, am I just in the further being... Do you have it's to make temporary. peace?
0: It's temporary, but uh, you, you will experience anguish during this possession.
2: Hmm.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Can I opt out? Uh, no. Oh, fuck. Okay,
2: prince. Cool. Yeah, I don't even need to explain that. Someone with like a high amount of like um, social competence, um, charisma, sex appeal, something like that, to increase my social stature, and then when I switch back, people won't know. I inherit the rewards.
0: That's smart.
2: Jekyll and Hyde sort of thing. Yes, but like a positive spin on a positive,
3: (laughs) a positive spin on Jekyll and Hyde.
2: Or, or like someone like Mother Teresa like someone like super altruistic to like just volunteer. No that would be terrible
0: because then when you get your body back people are going to be like Chris used to be so nice.
2: No they'd be like Chris like, like fed the homeless for four weeks and why is he, he doing it why now? Why is he at his, in his house
0: like he's, he's, sitting uh, on his butt? Why is he playing Starcraft? <laughs> <Why do>
2: you, <laughs> four Chris weeks we need
0: you. <laughs> Alright well you know Patrick, do you have an idea?
1: No, what's your answer? I I, I still have so many questions about this, and I want to know your answer because I think it'll clear up some of my questions.
0: Hmm. Uh, my goat my answers off the top of my head are Queen Elizabeth the First, because she seems sweet. <laughs> uh, or Queen Elizabeth the First is not gonna like
2: slum it in like your yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> what oh Mother Teresa's going to be like Chris Slatt that seems like a great body to inhabit let me get in well, on she that she gets
2: to continue her work what's Queen Elizabeth the first work
0: stopping what? the Spanish Armada
2: being in a palace I'm just saying I think she's accustomed to a different standard of living. Dude, you're so rude. <laughs> I'm sorry, Elizabeth. Your standard of living is not on par with Queen Elizabeth the <laughs> First. I don't mean to insult you too much.
1: Oh, I'm glad we did this. Well, yeah, right. Right.
2: That, was
3: a, <laughs> that was a success. What are, what are we watching next week, guys? Well, that's enough anguish for all of us, I think. What are we watching next week?
2: Well, you know, it's the holiday season. The holiday season.
1: And Santa Claus. So we're
2: watching... A Christmas Horror Story. We saved this one, gang. We saved it. It's, uh, you know, when what, what were we supposed to watch this? A while ago. A while ago. I just it starts with an A in the a, in a yeah. space. So this would have been before A Dark Song, I think. Um, but we skipped it back then, specifically so we could save it for you for the holiday season. And so, you know, next week, get your family, gather around the old iPod, uh, get open some eggnog. And we will...
1: <laughs> pull up the uh, the fireplace on Netflix. The fireplace log. The Yule log the on Yule Netflix. Log. We should
2: We should watch and review that. It would probably be only slightly slower paced than Anguish. Oh,
1: fuck you, dude. <laughs> uh,
0: yes. <laughs>
2: 10 out of 10, view it. <laughs> but until then, you know, yeah, like Elizabeth said, tweet us, text us, Facebook us. Stop by our houses. Stop by our houses. We'll, we'll have-
3: Send me some mail. Physically. I'd love to get things in the mail. Oh, yeah. Yes. Mail. Amazing. Just having something to open All up. this
1: requires the audience having our home addresses. Are you guys all going to provide those now? Look I'm me up on Facebook. I'll DM me. you. It's, it's fine.
0: Patreon.
2: Okay. Okay. But otherwise we'll see you next week for every horror movie on Netflix. <laughs> I'm Chris.
1: <laughs> I'm Patrick Flying Portobello, Turbo Dog, One Man, We're on Terror, Done.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. But otherwise, I'm Elizabeth.
2: (laughs) And I'm Stephen. See you next week.